Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Queen Made of Light, the podcast, and I'm your host, Sierra Elise Harris. In this episode, we're talking all about how to visualize the person you want to be and start acting like you already are them. I just finished this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. You may or may not have heard of it. And one of the biggest ways to create healthy habits is to start building the kind of habits of the person that you want to be, which is called building identity-based habits. And your identity is about what you believe. Who do you wish to become? The book gives this example. Say someone is offered a cigarette and their response is, no thanks, I'm trying to quit. This is a normal response, but the response insinuates that this person still identifies as a smoker. The second person responds, no thanks, I'm not a smoker. This is a shift in identity. They no longer identify as a smoker. Without taking this first step, we become results-focused and actually set out to change the wrong things about ourselves. Showing up as your highest self starts with what your identity is and getting clear on that. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about changing your beliefs to build better habits, how your environment is actually the reason you probably aren't motivated, and the importance of getting comfortable with change. So let's get into it. It's important to get clear on your identity because if you don't shift your way of thinking, your old identity can sabotage your new plans for change. You currently have a set of beliefs about yourself that are intrinsically tied with how you see the world. A way for a healthy habit to stick is to tie it into an identity. It's one thing to say, I'm the type of person who wants this. It's another thing to say, I'm the type of person who is this. Be specific about your identity so that you can have pride about it. The pride will keep you more motivated. For me, I've always been really obsessed with my curls. Because of how proud I am of it, I have more of a tendency to take care of it and do deep treatments and use protective styles and wrap it at night because I'm someone who has great curls. That is how I identify myself. Once your pride gets involved, you have more impetus to keep up these habits because it's tied to who you believe yourself to be. Motivation is not really the thing that makes you stick to your habits like we think it is. You'll stick with it because it has become a part of your identity. You have to shift the belief behind the behavior. What you do is an indication of who you are. Research has shown that once a person believes in a particular aspect of their identity, they're more likely to act in alignment with that belief. This is why we need to get really specific with who we want to be and not so much with our goals. We think saying, I want to get stronger, is enough for us to stay motivated to go to the gym. But a stronger identity-based goal is to say that you want to be an active person. Because once you aim towards that, you start building the kind of habits an active person would have. Which would make it easier for you to commit to your gym schedule because it aligns with your identity. When your behavior and identity are fully aligned, you are simply acting like the person you already believe yourself to be. You know that interview where Rihanna is asked why she's so confident all the time and she says, pretend? She's absolutely right. You got to start acting and making choices like the desired identity you'd like to have. You have to start thinking how the person you want to be would start thinking. 
We have a tendency of knowing too much of who we don't want to be and what we don't want to do and not enough about who we actually are and who we want to become. In order to visualize our highest self and start showing up as her, We have to start acting like we already are her, regardless of our current circumstances. And that starts with building identity-based habits and crushing negative self-beliefs. So this is the part that really made my brain explode. (laughs) This idea that when you have a repeated story to yourself for years, it's easy to accept this story as fact. In time, you begin to resist certain actions because you say, that's not who I am. There is internal pressure to maintain your self-image and behave in a way that is consistent with your beliefs. You find whatever way you can to avoid contradicting yourself. Hello? This revealed to me so much of why I struggle with moving forward. It's because I've already decided that I'm a certain way. So it literally does not feel aligned with who I am. And that's why it's so hard for me to change. I have told myself for years I am not a dancer. When I was very little, my mom put me in ballet. But by that time, even though I was still young, I was too late. And I had to take class with the girls who were my age, who had been taking class since they were little. So they were a lot better than me. And I was so embarrassed to be in that class. So after a lot of begging and crying, my mom took me out, which ended up being my biggest regret, of course, because years later, I decided to do musical theater and I'm 15 years old taking beginner ballet. And I kept telling myself, I'll never get good at this because I started too late and you can't be good at ballet when you haven't done it since you were a child and I'm just not a dancer. Every time I had to dance in a musical, which is hilarious because I've had to dance in so many musicals. But the point is, because this is my limiting belief, this is why it's hard for me to create habits where I take dance classes and work harder because it doesn't align with my identity to do that. This is why it's so hard for me to remember choreography because it doesn't align with my identity to do that. I have literally been self-sabotaging myself for years. This is why we need to be careful about what we say to ourselves. We need to be filling our heads with I am instead of I am not affirmations. It's not circumstances that are getting in our way so much as our negative self-talk does, our negative beliefs. So get comfortable with being believing the most absurd things about yourself. Tear the whole thing down because minimizing yourself isn't working. Start building these habits and doing them repeatedly so that they become your identity. Small habits can make a meaningful difference. And if a change is meaningful, it actually is very big. So let's talk about how your environment is probably your problem. In order to stick to the habits you use to shape you into the person you want to be, you have to make the habits easy to choose. And that starts with creating the right kind of environment to do the right thing. People often choose products not because of what they are, but because of where they are. If you see a fresh plate of cookies on the counter right when you walk inside the house, you're probably going to pick one up because it's easy to do, regardless of the fact that maybe you've saved your sweet snack for tomorrow instead of today. When I was on tour, we had a sweets jar that lived inside the company manager's office. And whenever I would go in there to say hello, I would also grab one because it was so easy. And this resulted in me having a piece of chocolate every single day because I was bored and it was the easy thing to do. 
Your environment is the invisible hand that shapes behavior. The truth is, many of the habits we take each day are shaped not by purposeful drive and choice, but by the most obvious option. This is why it is so important to be purposeful with your choices. Too many of us have made a habit of being on autopilot. We need to be more aware of the choices we make daily. So you need to give yourself visual cues to make the right choices. It's easy not to practice the guitar every day when you have it stuck inside the case and don't see it. It's easy not to take your vitamins when they are nowhere in sight. So you need to make your visual, visual cues obvious. Here's an example of an obvious cue I've created that really helps me with my reading. When I make my bed in the morning, I try to put my book onto my pillowcase so that when I get to bed at night, I can remember to read before I go to sleep. That just made it easy and obvious for me to commit to reading because I didn't have to go look for my book and I tied it to another habit I already have, which is making my bed. This is called habit stacking. And if you want to learn more about that, I highly suggest reading this book because there is a great chapter on that. It's important to have relationships with everything in your environment. These aren't just objects in your house. These are tools you use daily to build your dream life. I try to keep my couch a place for cozy journaling and reading and watching TV. And I use our office room for planning and recording podcasts, which is where I am now, and therapy sessions. Everything has its space and its own relationship to me. That's a huge reason why people tend to get work done at coffee shops more often than at home because there's distraction at home for some of us. But this is a reminder that you have the power to change your relationship to everything in your environment. Right now, I'm trying to create a habit with no phones in bed. I think this will allow me to fall asleep quicker and easier because I have designated this room for reading and sleep and cozy things. So Definitely have fun and play around with it and get specific about what it is in your environment and how that will set you up for good habit keeping and keep you motivated. Decide the person you want to be and prove it to yourself with small wins. Who do you wish to become? What's important to you? What do you stand for? If you don't know the answers to these questions, but you know the results you want to have, start there. So for me, it's I want to become a published author. So I'll work backwards. Who is the type of person that can get the result I want? Probably someone consistent and reliable. So I'm going to shift my focus from publishing a book to being consistent and reliable. If you want to make habits that result in being more healthy, you can start by asking yourself this question before you make decisions. What would a healthy person eat? Your habits shape your identity and your identity shapes your habits. So the focus should be on becoming that type of person, not getting a particular outcome. You have the power to change your belief about yourself. Your identity is not set in stone and it is never too late to start over and start becoming the person you wish to be. You deserve to live a life you are proud of. Life isn't about having things. It's about becoming someone. So use that time to focus on becoming the best version of yourself. Committing to small habits equals having small wins, and you guys know how much I love small wins. I'm a girl who loves using every kind of excuse to celebrate herself. On a personal note, I've been trying to commit to going to the gym three times a week, and I keep averaging about two times. It has been so difficult for me to make it to that third time because life keeps happening, and I tell myself I just can't make it. But what I'm using to keep me committed to my three times a week schedule is to focus on the lifestyle I'm trying to have. 
I like to think that now at 27, I'm building habits for the rest of my life. How I will be in my 30s, how I will be as a parent. I want to be active and healthy. And so that starts with building small habits now, like committing to a healthy lifestyle, regardless of what life throws at me. I'm working on making it easier to do the right thing. I was listening to this podcast the other day. And they talked about how important it is to make sure we are self-soothing and not self-numbing. Another personal note, I stopped smoking weed about two months ago, and this was a major self-numbing thing for me. I realized I would smoke weed whenever I was feeling bad about myself, and I wanted to veg out, and that's not always a bad thing, but for me, when I started to do it consistently, I realized I never really dealt with anything. It just sort of went into the back of my mind and would come back up and make me explosive at the worst of times. Self-soothing is about doing something for yourself that will allow you that escape, but not in the way that could be detrimental to the rest of your body, like eating junk food could. I think these kinds of self-numbers are useful when they need to be, but this time around, I tried going for a run, and it freed me. I know this sounds cheesy, But literally getting to pound the pavement helped me to get a lot of my anger out. Listening to a good song actually made me smile even though I wanted to be frustrated and sad. I could feel it all lifting from my body and the act of running helped me to visualize myself moving forward. I share this to encourage you to find self-soothers instead of self-numbers so that we can find that we are stronger than the things that hold us back. Visualizing your highest self and showing up as her takes action. Start by getting specific about who this girl is and what are the habits she has. Find small ways to start doing things daily that reflect that and reward yourself every time you do one of them. This is another way to keep you motivated. Creating discipline is the thing that will set you free. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you feel so inclined, please rate and follow this podcast and share this episode with anyone else you think needs it. Podcasts are the hardest social media platform to grow on. So the more you share this podcast, the more others will be able to find it. And that would be greatly appreciated. And I hope you have an amazing day. See ya.